Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouch, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouch Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Apostle Dr. Christian Harfouch. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouch Ministries podcast. Glory, 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 glory. I am a believer. I have an alert mind, a receptive spirit, an attentive heart, and living faith. I know that God has something for me today. This is my time. An appointed time of performance. In me, me. upon my life and ministry, my My call, my business, my my testimony, my witness, my health, the wisdom and the understanding I need, and the power of prayer and intercession, the authority and the dominion of God in my life. This is a time of appointment for me, upon me with me, in me, and through me. This is God's time for my region, my nation, my endeavors, and my world. Victory is mine. I will never be the same again. Now, I know that was long, you know, but that's prophetic. Lift your hands and give God the greatest shout of praise you've ever given him in your entire life. You may be seated. It is again a privilege to be invited together by the Lord to sit in an appointed time that he's a, he has designated for empowerment. God has designated this time to empower you. Let me say that again for all our multi-denominations that are present. In this universal family. God has designated this time. To be your time of empowerment. Your world. Your surroundings. Your nation. Your family. Your business. Um, contacts and connections are about to witness 
a resurrection and an illuminated manifestation of the power of God in your life in living form, something that has never been like it's here right now. You are in a move of God. And if you are who I'm talking to, you are a move of God. We are in a move of God and we are a move of God. And uh, as we talk about and teach on and impart. Someone say impart. First century faith or 21st century faith we have to stop and talk a little bit I'm going to prepare you today for a week that will shock you let me just say this again do you believe that you can end up shocking yourself By receiving more than you thought was available. Faith is more than a subject. Faith is more than a lesson that can be learned. Faith is living evidence Faith is the outcome at hand Faith is the spirit of the now and the courage of the almighty and the ability we didn't earn and the gift we can't buy. Faith does not know the separation of distance, does not struggle with the time frame of acceleration. Faith Moves and removes any and all barriers. Faith does not know the meaning of impossible. Faith is the resurrection and the life. Declaring the things which be not as though they were. The spirit of I believed and therefore have I spoken. Faith will empty the grave. Faith will raise the afflicted. Faith will change the diagnosis. Faith will transform the world. Faith will save your loved ones. Faith will faith will ransom your business. Faith will multiply your fruit. Sit down in case you're taking notes. Faith 
is the never ceasing, never tilting, never stopping energy of the life of God. Faith is within the intentions of God as well as the performance of God. Faith is moved by God himself. Love and faith are twin natures that cannot be separated. That whenever he is with you, his intention for you is just as certain as his presence in your life. God cannot be with you and deprive you. If he is with you, he will supply for you. He will take care of you. He will transform you. It's the title of what I'm going to talk about this week. Faith sees the invisible faith is the ever increasing invasion of the good news of God wherever he is welcome faith is authored and lived in perfection in the conception and the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. Faith is declared and still echoing with the same power today when he shouted, paid in full or it is finished. Faith upon the cross destroyed the powers of darkness. Faith in the ministry of Jesus revealed the will of God. Faith in the resurrection of Christ supplied the provision of the Holy Ghost. The spirit of faith in your life is the very courage of God on your behalf. Did you catch that? The spirit of God, the spirit of faith in our life is the courage of God on our behalf because when faith is moved by love and faith is moved by God and when God sees God has compassion if God has compassion God does not deprive faith sees the invisible hears the inaudible declares the things which be not Faith is a foundation that you could stand upon. A Lord that will never separate himself from you. A word that is present the same today as he was yesterday. Instant, in season, out of season. His plans for your life are before, in the middle, and after. Faith does not know a time of sorrow and defeat or misery and despair. Faith is victorious regardless of the circumstance. Well, I wish I had a full gospel spirit filled, dead men raising and mountain moving. Amen. Faith is the catalyst for any and all things in the kingdom. 
you catch that? Faith is the catalyst. You may all prophesy. Let everyone prophesy according to the proportion of faith. That once you're spirit filled, you're filled with the spirit of God and there is a measure in you that is working according to your revelation. Not according to your intellectual ability for recitation. You may be able to quote the word of God, but you don't walk off of a quote. The just shall live by faith. Faith will inspire, and when action is attached, performance is supernatural. Faith supplies seed to the sower. Thank you. He is also the spirit that releases the life of the seed sown. When it looks like it's dead beneath dirt. It's sprouting and taking root and getting ready to come up with a harvest. Faith opens heaven to supply the rain and showers a blessing. Glory be to God. Faith will bring deluge of the goodness of God in the middle of a time that everybody thinks is financial catastrophe. Faith will multiply you. Faith will call you to launch out when everybody's pulling back. Go forward when everybody's squinting. Faith is a companion with the believer for the rest of their life. The life of God in you. Faith alive Faith is the resurrection. Faith is the life. Mm, mm, mm. Not a subject. Living. Faith plus obedience releases power. So gift of faith plus obedience releases working of miracles. Gifts of healings. Faith that I'm hearing God and obedience and I speak on his behalf releases power manifested in prophetic performance. Living the first century faith is actually the first century faith living. And when, when humanity, not the church, humanity, you understand, we are all, we're all brothers and sisters in our humanity. In Adam, we're all human. But we are united into a divine nature and a divine calling and a new birth and a birth from above. And God is our father in Christ. Christians are united in Christ. Humanity is united in Adam. And so I'm just, I'm just trying to talk to you about what I'm going to talk to you about. If you, if you like it so far, lift your hand and shout like a warrior today.
when, when I'm going to say this for when, living the first century faith is also the first century faith living. So the first century faith living in you is the same faith living in the 21st century in normal or what would otherwise be normal men and women. Now I want you to catch this in your spirit because you catch this in your head you think I'm crazy. And it's not going to hurt my feelings. It's not the worst thing people thought I am. Or said I am. That I'm in good company. Oh, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. You catch it in your spirit. And so this, this same pure, same the same um, never failing, never errant. It is never, faith is never wrong. Faith declares beforehand what he has in hand. Faith is the substance. Faith did not stop with hope. Faith allowed God to impact hope so that the substance of things hoped for is within hand. Declaring beforehand what is in hand. So when we're talking about the first century faith living um, or living the first century faith, we're talking about the first century faith living. The faith that Jude said contend for. Right? Now that means that walking among normal humanity. Now some of them are Christians. You, you know what I mean? A lot of Christians are normal. We, we're saved. We're saved. We're born, born again. We're saved. We're, we're going to have. We, we love the Lord with all of our spirit. But man is more than a spirit. When that offering time comes. It's not what you wish. <laughs> when, 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 when gathering time comes, it's not that you wish you're there. Faith without works is dead. And so, so natural people, I'm talking about natural people. You're walking among natural people unbelieving people and you are the living faith of God somebody said doctor that sounds blasphemous no for me to live is Christ and there is not one um, you know uh, what do you call it Um, cell in the nature of our redeemer that is not life giving the all of the word of God is yes and amen in him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are in the middle of a move of God. And you are a move of God in the middle of a world that is afraid. 
that does not know what to believe, that has heard a million and one opinions, that is in the middle of so many forks in the road, it does not know which way to turn, but God has called you to this supernatural end time anointing to sit under apostolic empowerment and be raised up as a pillar of light in the world that terrorizes the powers of darkness and vindicates everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord through the empowerment that you're receiving by impartation of the word of God. You are more than a conqueror. Glory be to God. God has supernatural plans for you. I'm going to start to tell you now is the time for your family. Now is the time for your city. Now is the time for your nation. God will change you. This empowerment will educate you revelatorily to participate in the accelerated as well as the immediate. Not only fast, but done. Done. The immediate. Change. Change. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit. I have a lot to, to share with you. You can tell. But we're here today. How many of you are here today? And we're here tomorrow. Yeah. And we're the day after that. Yeah. And we're here the day after that. Yeah. And it's International Miracle Institute First Century Faith. Yeah. God, God has begun a transfiguration in your nature. Spirit, soul, and body to be electrocuted with the power that will never go out and the ability that will never wear out. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will abide forever, and those that do the will of God will abide forever. Take note of your irritations. Write them down. Take note on them and put an X right next to them because they will be gone, but his blessing will remain. His promise will perform. His goodness will maintain. My God will uphold you. My Lord will sustain you. His word will propel you. He will accelerate you. He will refill you, refuel you. Hallelujah. Faith is a revelatory ability given to humanity by God and backed up by the integrity of the Holy Scriptures. Hope somebody took a note on that one. Because I want to hear it again and sit under my ministry. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Bible said those gifts are given so that all may profit. And you know what, what profit is it to be a prophet and not profit from what you're profiting other people with? Hope somebody took a note of what I said earlier. Thank God we capture these supernatural deep sessions. 
with uh, faith is a revelatory ability empowered by God and backed up by the integrity of the Holy Scriptures. Are you worried? It's not faith. Are you uncertain? It's not faith. Faith, it's certain. Faith is certain of the outcome. Faith is an outcome that is certain. All right. Boy, I need to stop because I'm I'm just flowing here. I'm just going to end up thus saith the Lord because might as well. (laughs) There is a certainty about your certainty. Now, I'm not trying to play with words, but everybody here knows what the trial of your faith is. Everybody here knows what it's like to stand upon the truth and then have it dotted sometimes, but not only the circumstance, but by some people you thought that had a brain. But faith is certain about the certainty, having known that when you made up your mind, you made up your mind to have the mind of Christ working and living and active in your life. Nothing in this world that can come against you has the ability to change your reliance about, upon the ability of God. Amen. Nothing in this world has the ability to get you to change your mind about reliance upon the ability of God. Bless Paul said... I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. Notice, notice, I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded. Why? I meditated on him. I meditated on who did I believe in? How reliable is he? What did he say? How alive is he? And when I did, I became so persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. There is nothing in this world that can come against what God has begun in your life and prevail. What God has begun in your life, he will finish. My God. My God. My God. So, is living faith walking right next to unbelief? Unbelief in human people and living faith in first century believers. Yeah. 
And it's a blessing. It's a blessing to have that blessing from the Lord. Let's look at... um, Here's what I'm going to do. Tonight, I already heard from the Lord. So I want to see if time will allow us to just go one, one place in Scripture. Because tomorrow and, and, and throughout the week, we want to go and, and follow systematically some of the things that we have begun to lay out for you. And... Uh, um, you know that God has called you to much more than you are walking in. And you know that the problems are not because you don't have the ability or that God is looking for you to generate or conjure up the strength from you to do what he called you to. You know that what he promised, he's able also to perform. And, and, and now you know that, that the only thing that we're, we're called to that will help us receive more from God or the pr- first primary thing is diligence yes. instead of slothfulness. Yes. And so that means we do something with the word of God, right. Right? right? So we don't just have life in our spirit. We stir it up. And then we allow that life, the life of God, the word of God to affect the way we think. So we, why? So that we can think in agreement with the kingdom that we live in. And then thirdly, we allow our physical temple that God has chosen, paid for, to be energized with his own life. Life assassinates death. Death cannot kill life. Jesus demonstrated and proved that fully on the cross. That through death he destroyed him that had the power of death and delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So we've got to change the way we think if we're not going to repeat the way others have lived. Are you listening to me? Now, if Christ is your hero, and he is, and, 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 and the New Testament is your food, and, and, and the house of God is your house, then I'm here to tell you that the same supplier of seed, the same supplier of sunshine and rain, the same supplier of harvest is also the giver of bread. Faith will supply bread for you to eat. Faith is the filler of your baskets. Faith is the sustainer of multitudes. Faith is the deliverer of nations. Glory to God. Should I stop? Go with me to the first chapter of Acts, just, just for a minute. And hit someone next to you and say, Boy, this is good. Woo! (laughs) 
I really, really want to, I want to I just get a hold of you and put you in these shoes. You know what? I, I want you to stand in these shoes. I want you to see the opportunity that God has given us. I want you to know the hour that we're living in. I want you to be sure about and certain about what God has ordained for your life. And through the help of the Holy Spirit and through your yieldedness and obedience to God and through the call of God upon your life, because I didn't call you, he called you. Through the, I will be able to get a hold of you through first century and put you in shoes that God has prepared for you to walk in in this hour a path of victory and triumph that eclipses any other generation that has ever lived he has reserved the best until now glory be to God the best is upon you glory be to God amen you may be seated and uh, let's let, let's look at the first chapter of the Gospel of Acts, <laughs> the Acts of the Apostles, or the Acts of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to read this week out of the um, Aramaic um, just just because I've been spending time um, looking at different translations, preparing for some of the intensification of curriculum. Believe it or not, um, there's an intensification that has come already. <laughs> Amen. The Lord has need of you. <clears throat> Is, has need of us. So the first chapter, this first um, book, have I written, O Theophilus, concerning all, that, all the things which our Lord Jesus Christ began to do and to teach, O Jesus the Messiah, uh, Yeshua, or... Yesu, that that's basically whether whatever language there was no J in the origin that doesn't mean anything. But the Christ is the Messiah. The, it's the Greek, the, the the English word from the Greek word uh, that's from the Hebrew word that means anointed one or the one that has got the anointing. There is only one anointed one. But then when you, we become believers on Him, we get born from above. When we're born from above, we become anointed ones. Yes. Now in the under the old covenant. We become sharers of the same anointing of the anointed one. We're members of his body. Under the old covenant or people that lived prior to Christ, there was an anointing given. And he gave the anointing and they were called anointed ones. God God said, touch not my 
anointed, do my prophets no harm. And so there was an anointing granted and a preview of the works of Christ or of the gift of the Lord, whether it's preaching a gift or prophesying or seeing and knowing or doing the miraculous, there was a measure of it. But the price in full so that supply would be made and God would fill ordinary people with his extraordinary, excellent, holy person. That price came through our Lord and was paid for by him for us. Amen? Amen. So this, um, the things that he began to, uh, uh, to teach and to do until the day when he ascended after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen. And um, of course here, we'll cover it this year, that of course he's talking not only about 11 or 12 or whatever, he's talking about on all the apostles. That Paul teaches us um, in talking to the Corinthians. Amen? And that under that, by the way, there's a, there's, there was an apostolic um, uh, commission. Now that commission never stopped. What is that commission? This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness of how many nations? All. Shout it. All. Shout it again. All. Shout it again. All. So before the end comes, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness to all nations. So the same gospel, because he didn't say that gospel, he said this gospel. That gospel is what came with signs and wonders and miracles and was overseen by not only apostolic authorities, one thing to have an authority, but by apostolic power. Where Paul said the signs of an apostle were wrought among you. I want to tell you something all over the world. You can believe it now or you can believe it later. God is releasing a spiritual power through this ministry that is going to assassinate the incurable conditions and deficiency in society from the financial to the physical and raise people up out of the dunghill of demonic oppression to sit them among the table of those who are invited to be servants of the Lord apostolic evangelism casting out devils healing the sick raising the dead and declaring the word of God with immediate performance to regions of the world to the glory of God amen alright well didn't intend to share that But do um, you understand apostolic evangelism? So that means what? The Great Commission, apostolic witness. And that means every part of the people of God are, we're all called to be part of a five-fold ministry gift. Well, we certainly say that readily. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We say that readily. And yet all over society, all over the world, People talk about 
the age of the apostles or the apostolic age coming to an end. Are you listening to me? And there is no such thing as an age coming to an end unless God has come to an end with reference to the things that he did in that age. The problem is everything he did in that age is in our New Testament. It can't come to an end. It's just starting. My God, my God, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You're going to come to a faith man. You're going to come to a a God man. You're going to come to a God woman. You're going to come to a faith woman. A miraculous generation. Miraculous generation. I need to teach you here tonight. Okay. Apostles whom he had chosen. Yeah. (laughs) The very ones to whom he had shown himself alive. We know that there was at least 500. After he suffered with many. After he suffered with many wonders. He showed himself alive with many, many wonders. Right? King James said irrefutable proofs. Right? Praise the Lord. Or, or what does it say? Infallible proofs. And another translation irrefutable or undisputable. Uh, that's what that means. Proofs. Here in the Aramaic it says uh, many wonders. Amen? Shocking stuff. During those 40 days. And it's like, my God. Oh. People say, my God. He said, that's right. During the 40 days while appearing, while appearing to them and talking with them concerning the kingdom of God. And then he commanded them in verse 4 to wait in Judea. Remember that? For the promise of the Father. And he goes on to say um, you, that you've heard of me. And in verse, in verse 5 he says... That he had already prophesied, but you shall receive power, or you shall be what? Baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. So, right? You will be what? Baptized. You will be baptized. Baptized. You will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You will be baptized. You will be baptized with the Holy And you will be Baptized. With the Holy Ghost. And when we saw this baptism in chapter 2, we saw it visually. God showed us in chapter 2, remember I said something prophetically, that faith is, is revelation or revelatory 
impartation granted by God with scriptural reference or scriptural proof or evidence or, or do you remember that? I said something like that. I took a note on myself. I'm going to look it up. Well, that's, isn't the upper room the same baptism with the Holy Spirit that God would continue to perpetuate throughout uh, 2,000 years? You and I don't receive a different Holy Spirit. There's not many Holy Spirits. There's only the Holy Spirit. And when you, dig, when you get baptized, you receive the same baptism, and it's with the Holy Ghost and fire. So we saw that the same God who appeared to Ezekiel in chapter 8, and he was like fire from the loins down, and like the light of God, one translation said, from the loins up, from the waist up, like the fire that's the light of God. Fire, fire in the Bible is also light. You listen to me? Man's afraid of fire because man doesn't know what real fire is. <laughs> Amen. The real fire of God is good stuff. When he gets on you and you're on his good side, he doesn't burn you out. He keeps you burning up for the glory of God. You burn with miracles and signs and wonders and strength and endurance. You never burn out. The marathon of your life is finished as strong as you started. Hallelujah. And, and so this baptism was not only upon, but they were all filled and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And um, the people that were from all nations under heaven gathered, many of them, um, and they were, uh, many of them were there to worship. That means they were Jews. Are you listening to me? But many of them you'd see later on when you go, uh, talk about many of them were proselytes or many of them were Hellenistic Jews. How many of you know what that term means? Well, f- that means they only uh, read and r- wrote and spoke Greek. They may have spoken Aramaic, some of them, or may have spoken Hebrew, some of them, but when it came to the scripture, they needed the Greek scripture. So they needed the Old Testament. In, in, in the Greek and the Old Testament was translated in the Greek by the rabbis in 300 or so BC supplying the scripture uh, to the entire known world that was occupied by people who called upon uh, Jehovah are you listening and so now they're there and they're going I, I, I'm leading you to a point here hit someone say catch this they're saying these guys and when you put it in context with after Peter and John did the miracles, I said, how are these guys talking like that when they don't know letters? They're not taught. They're not taught. How are they? They're not trained in our seminary. How are they talking like that? Are you listening to me? How are they talking like that? Well, at the upper room, they said, how are they speaking in our own language, in the tongue that we speak? Are they not all Galileans? How are they able to be inspired? And how are they be able to speak the wonderful works of God to us? How can they preach about a good God, a healing God, a saving God, the Son of God, salvation? Hallelujah. And so they saw that the Lord had done something to humanity, right? 
Peter explained that and he said that this is a promise God made to Joel. Right? I'm not going to go there. He, they saw that God did something to humanity. That's what drew the multitudes. The multitudes didn't come because of the house. The multitudes came because who, who came to the house? The multitudes didn't come because of the address. The multitudes came because who was meeting at the address? Are you here? And the multitudes didn't come because the 120 were normal. The multitudes came because the 120 were supernatural. They said, what does this mean? This is wild. Some said, these are, they're drunk. And Peter said, no, this is the promise. God's going to do something to people. In the last days, people start thinking prophetically and prophesying predictively. And they're going to have dreams from God and revelations from heaven. They're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're going to be different. They're going to have faith alive on the inside of them. God will fill them. They will be his tabernacle. He'll pour out of their belly rivers of living water. He'll pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He'll make humanity different. And he'll do signs and wonders. Amen. And, and, and so they said, these people are declaring to us the wonderful works of God. How and what does this mean? And so then the apostles began to preach to them. And uh, Peter took the forefront. And the keynote I want to take there because I only have a few minutes before I get you to pray. Are you here? The key point he took was that there is a prediction proclaimed and whenever there is prophecy it took someone to be moved by the Holy Spirit and you can't be moved against your will. You prophesy according to the Shout that out loud. Proportion of faith. Shout it out loud. And so, so David would say, you will not leave my soul in hell. You will not allow your holy one to see corruption. And Peter said, David wasn't talking about himself because his grave is still here. David being a prophet. Hit someone and say a prophet. David being a prophet saw that, foresaw that and he predicted about our Lord. (laughs) And he said that you will not leave my soul in hell or Hades. You will not allow your holy one, I talk about the body, to see corrosion or decay. Uh, Therefore shall my body or flesh rest in hope. Faith came down to earth to kill death 
and his legal right off of your body. And sooner or later, death will be embarrassed eternally. But we which alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. So it was the Lord that calls himself, I am the resurrection and I am the life. That's what he says in, in Gethsemane, in, in, rather in, in Bethany to Martha and Mary. And he says, if you believe me, you will see the glory of God. He raised himself up and God the Father raised him up. God the Holy Ghost raised him up. God raised him up. Spirit of God raised him up. He was raised up. He's not dead. But this raising up was unto a condition that will never reverse. Are you listening? So it was, it was a different, it was a different resurrection than Lazarus or anybody else. This was a resu- this was a resurrection into an irreversible condition, but also a resurrection not only to resume previous existence but a resurrection of promotion of that body. So when he would appear to us, can we make ourselves human beings? So our relatives in Christ, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, 2,000 years ago, 500 of us saw him. And 500 of us that saw him risen from the dead and heard him after he rose from the dead. I got three minutes. (laughs) Hear me real careful. And... And, and, and saw him, and when we saw him, we did not just see him resume his previous condition. But we saw him assume his promoted condition that we are called to. And so the Holy Ghost in resurrection in, his, in the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ raised us up together into a level that is, that is greater than that which we were playing a role in on credit with Christ in his earthly ministry. So while he's walking his earthly ministry, healing the sick, casting out devils, and we all see that as perfection, he said, wait, I'm going to do something to supply you with something that will take you to the other side of the cross so you'll die to something and rise up to something else. If you believe it, jump up to your feet and shout like you never shouted in your life. Glory. Glory. Put your hands on your on your body. I'm born from above. Lord, I thank you today. I bore the image of the earthy. I shall also bear the image of the heavenly. I thank you that I'm born by the water and by the spirit. I'm in Christ, a new creature. All things passed away. All things become new. All things are of God. I'm a new species. I'm born of incorruptible seed by the word of God who lives and abides forever. Thank you today for the resurrection life that lives in me. 
in my spirit, in my soul, in my mind, will, and emotions, in my senses, in my body, in my call, in my ministry, in my region, in my sphere, in my city, in my world. Lift your hands and shout like you never shouted in your life. Come on and shout. Shout and give God glory today. Shout and give God glory today. Ma, 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 ma. Ma. Ma, 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 ma. Robin Emma Mashkinis, the secretary of Mandakai. Glory, 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 glory. Glory. The creative hand of the Lord is upon you. And he will move in every arena of your life that containment in every form will be eradicated. And the Lord said, come, I will take you higher and show you things that are ordained and appointed for this hour that you might participate and partake of what that which I've reserved and I, that which I've declared to be done in the earth in my name and for my glory and my honor. My creative hand will work in your life and that which would contain and confine will be broken and taken away as faith lights the way as far as the spirit would reveal. And you look north, south, east and west and there'll be nothing but opportunity and invitation from the God of heaven. I will take you by the hand and lead you to higher ground. Embarrass your enemies, frustrate and agitate your agitations. And I will satisfy and procure your calling, says the Spirit of God. For this is the day of my hour. Well, let that happen to you right now. Let, if, if you need it in your body, let it happen to you. The power of God right now just went in someone's hip. The, the healing anointing in your lower back. If that is you, you felt that go in your body. The Lord's just adjusted you, healed you, delivered you the right hip in the back. The Lord has set you free. The Lord has made you whole. The healing anointing is moving in your body. In, in the left side of your chest area, right uh, right, someone, someone is getting supernaturally touched right there. Glory be to God forever. And just stay in that anointing right now. There's a number of people being healed of infections. You're being healed of infections. You know you have an infection, but you do not have to have an infection. You will not have an infection. You're being healed of infection right now. You're being healed of infection. Some people have burning in, in, in certain parts of your body. You're being healed of that. And some people have staph infection. Someone has staph. You're being healed of that. Tumors and cysts and growths and cancers and lies and every agitation and infirmity. Every, I, I curse it in the name of the Lord right now. I release the power of God upon you. Command every affliction, every weariness. And, 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 and chronic fatigue syndrome just, just right now just broke its power off of 21 people. There's 21 people here right now. If that's you, wave at me. You had, let me, if that's you, just wave at me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. If that's you, wave at me. You have fatigue syndrome. Where, where was I? Fourteen. You had fatigue all over your body. You just got set free. All of you got set free. 
all of you got set free. Get energized now. The healing anointing is moving, touching you in your head, in your neck, in your, in your upper back, in your middle back, in your lower back, in your entire body. And in the, in, in the power of God's on you. You know I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. You know I'm talking to you. You know I'm talking to you. Amen. You don't, if it's you, grab it. You know I'm talking to you. Grab it. You take that thing. You take that thing. Take that miracle. <clears throat> this is my day of appointment. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We will shout for joy. Be exceeding glad. We favor God's righteous cause. We will continually say, Let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be made big right now. Let the Lord be all in all now. Because he delights in the prosperity of his servant. If you believe divine, undisputed, unstoppable, ever living success is in your life now, shout like you've never shouted. You may be seated. How many of you know in your body you've been healed or blessed or relieved or delivered? Let me see your hands. Okay. You know, you know it in your body, right? Now, you knew it in your faith, but you know it in your body. This, this time that we're going to share together, this this uh, season of appointment with God. Uh, Dr. Robin and I have been directed by the Lord to minister to you in the fullness of the gifts that the Lord has given us for you. So I trust that you will come prepared for anything. So we, we, we do our best and we obey God because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. There is uh, information and a revelation that the world needs and you need, we need. And that has to come out in the form of New Testament scriptural uh, teaching. It, it can't come out in just... However, if the Lord and when the Lord does move us, and we change the order. Amen. You got to be ready to go with God. 
And so, you know, Dr. Robin has got faithfulness to work with me, and I'll work with her, and, and we have sessions, and this is the second session of a very supernatural time. We, we described faith a little bit. Amen. Amen. But if the Lord moves and we step out and lay hands on everybody or, you know, whatever, or prophesy to everybody, we we end up staying here till, I don't know, or we leave. Be ready to flow with God and let the Lord do in your life what you need. Okay? Okay? This is a time of change. The Lord is bettering you. He's bettering you. If if you'll please go with me to the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. I want to go forward and then we're going to go back later to the Gospels. But I want to go forward to the 10th chapter of the book of Acts and cover this very important um, thing that the Lord has personally talked to me about last several days, especially today. And uh, we might cover some scripture uh, reading. So <clears throat> stretch your hand, your right hand towards uh, me. Just and say, Lord. Lord. Now come on, say it with faith. Lord. Say, Lord. Lord. We believe, we believe. That, you will help the man of God that you will help the man of God cover some territory. Scripturally. Scripturally. Amen. Amen. All right. That, that, see, that helps me because I don't want you pulling on me and, and uh, then we just end up having to come back tomorrow and go to the same chapter. There was in Caesarea a man uh, called Cornelius. We all know him. A centurion. We're, we're, we know him, don't we? A centurion, and he was um, from the Italian band, a regiment uh, from the Italian band. This man was, of, of course, militarily inclined, and so he was in charge of, of soldiers, etc. But he had to be a good man because tells us in verse 2 that he is a righteous man, um, a God-fearing man. And um, um, all his household, honorable, he was all, who gave... Um, uh, abundantly to the people and always sought after God. Now I'm reading, I'm reading out of the Aramaic. You, 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 you read it in your own translation. You see it. It's there, right? In other words, he's an Italian guy. Uh, he's got a good position of authority and loves God, loves people, and he prays a lot and he gives a lot, has a good heart. Uh, now we could we could we could conclude from verse two that he's not um, loving a God. 
we can tell from verse 2 that he loves God. So, so he, he knows um, uh, um, uh, the God of Abraham. And, and so sought after God very openly um, in a vision an angel of God comes to him can I just skip through we're in verse 3 an angel of God comes to him and and, and said to him Cornelius and he looked at the angel and he was afraid of course shocked and, and said what is it Lord and he called him Lord what is it my Lord and he said um, the angel said your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God now uh, just 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 uh, just for the sake of visual uh, perception notice what we do out of loving God makes it to heaven this visual perception has come up for a memorial before God a wonderful terminology uh, now send men to Joppa to, um, to the city of Joppa and bring Simon who is called Peter and uh, he said because he's staying at Simon the Tanner's uh, Simon the Tanner whose house is by the seaside probably uh, most of the things that uh, this man worked on, Simon the Tanner, was to work on hide or skin or so on and color it in colors and so on. That was his his uh, job. And he was a hospitable man, obviously a good man, uh, definitely a believer because Peter wouldn't stay with uh, an unbeliever. Could cost you your life in first century. And and when the and and uh, and when the angel who spoke to him departed, Cornelius called two of his household soldiers that believed in God and were obedient to him. Now, if you notice here, uh, two of his household and a soldier, and he defines the soldier as what as obedient. And um, and um, um, that believed in God. So obviously, this man's witness was reaching people. And he related to them everything. In other words, he told them what happened. The next day, in verse nine, they went on their journey. While they were going, um, um, Peter went up to the rooftop. Now we 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 may also. Uh, recognize that there's an upper room or upper chamber where he went up to pray. And uh, that's pretty powerful that you would set aside a place for prayer and uh, for communion with God. And, and um, it's, it's not the position or the location that's important. It's the faith. But, but setting a position, a location, and a time, making an appointment with God is showing also respect and priority. And... Most of the time, it gives us the ability to be alone with God. And it's a time when we're alone with God, we get refilled and replenished and ministered to so that we can minister to the world that we're living in. Otherwise, if we don't do that, we go out into the world and the world ministers to us. And so then, this, then we end up being backsliders. 
so all that's wrong with backsliders is you've been ministered to by the wrong camp. And, uh, and so, um, <clears throat> so he, um, he became hungry, wanted to eat. So Peter's on top of the roof. He gets hungry. He wants to eat. And um, while they were preparing food for him, he fell into a trance. That's one thing about the sovereignty of God. I want to take a moment to talk about the sovereignty. You can't live off of the sovereignty of God. But you might get called off of the sovereignty of God. Like the apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus. He, he, uh, he, uh, he got faith immediately. <laughs> he was like, who are you, Lord? And, and so that was a sovereign. Um, it, it was, it was uh, faith uh, by imposition. It's like um, like a good God hammer, like, bang, I'm calling you. Okay, I'll do anything you want me to do. Just, just switch down the light a little bit. My God. And, 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 and so, uh, it's, it's, it's like, and, you know. And so th- this is kind of similar because this is nothing that Peter was expecting. However, prayer prepared him for a performance. And while he, he was going to eat, he fell into a trance. And so he is in a state of, uh, of, uh, of prayer and however, he goes into a, um, a very uh, powerful thing. By the way, on a side note, in your own private study time, look up in the New Testament scriptures how many times God appeared to people or talked to people or directed people while they were praying. And it'll shock you. Because he did it a whole lot more than when, you know, people were minding their own business and all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> we kind of almost use that. We've, we've actually been pressured, pressured a little bit to use that as a disclaimer. Like, you know, I wasn't looking for a vision or anything. I was there minding my own business and all of a sudden that happened. And sometimes it doesn't. It's happened with us. All of us can say that. But that's not the prerequisite to vindication that you heard God. <laughs> and, 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 uh, woo, glory to God. He fell into a trance. So he's, he, he fell into a trance. And, and we know he fell because when God's going to tell him, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. So we know he fell. <laughs> it's 
so there's no doubt about the fact he fell, but it was into a trance. So if I, if, if, if I was just, if I was just a normal human being, hey, look at that old guy, look at that, look at that man up there. He's just one minute on his knees or upstairs, and the next thing he fell down, called the 911, you know. And they do that in a lot of churches. And so he fell into a trance and he saw heaven open. This is very, very, very significant because um, this week we're going to talk about some things that will really help you receive. And some of us, well, let me say this, all of us, say all of us. All of us. We are now, we are now, and I'm talking, we are now, I'm talking about the spirit. We are now in this season at the very, very, very appointed time of the increase in every area of your life, in answers, in fulfillment, in contentment, in breakthrough, in multiplication, in return, in testimony, in every area of your life. You say, Doctor, I wish you always say that. Well, guess what? God is always alive. What am I going to say two months from now? You're going to be in a stronger place to participate in more of what God has to Because the revealed things belong to us. And what I want to talk to you about this in this session is going to be revealed. When it's revealed to you, there's going to be some stuff. There are some things coming down from heaven into your life described and defined by God as extraordinarily excellent for your use in the kingdom of God. And, uh, and so uh, he saw heaven opened and something fastened at the four corners resembling a large linen cloth was let down from heaven to the earth. Now, it's very important, I want you to look at me. The King James said a vessel came down from heaven. You look it up in the Greek, just in the Greek. And it, tell, and it describes one of the definitions of the vessel is a tool or an instrument. In other words, what he saw was an instrument that was bringing something from heaven. The next thing is, it, I, I believe the King James calls it a sheet. Something like a sheet. Well, if you look at the original language, it's linen. And, it's, and, and one of the original Greeks said, like fine linen. In other words, here's an instrument like fine linen and it's what? It's fastened or knitted, the original word, at the four corners. Are you listening to me? It's very important because when God puts anything in linen, he's describing its condition. That's, that's why when he says saints dressed in fine linen. Are you listening to me? In white linen, he's describing the condition. The nature of salvation or consecration or, or sanctification. This came down from heaven. Didn't come up from earth. Came down from heaven. And the four corners are linked together. 
Why didn't he use a round sheet? Why did he use four corners? Why is he using four corners and knitting them together in order to bring down this thing that he's going to introduce revelatorily to the apostles of the first century? Unless he was going to tell us, you're going to go to the corners of the earth. You're going to go all over the world. The the compass of faith is going to lead you. And wherever you go, regardless of what kind of condition you find humanity in, you're going to preach them into sainthood. You're going to preach them into salvation. You're going to deliver them and bring them out. And those that have an ear to hear will become born from above and supplied by heaven to be people that are clean and uncommon. Uncommon and clean. Praise the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, 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 and here's another thing. The, 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 the sheet, the linen is also the fine linen. Some of, the, some of it that's really good is used like for the sail of a ship. It's the type of the church. It's the type of the church. The church doesn't wrap you up to put you in a grave. The Holy Ghost, the spirit of faith doesn't wrap you up to kill you. He wraps you up with resurrection life. And whatever is in that is defined by God. See, in a moment you're going to see Peter said, God said, get up, Peter. Slay and eat. In other words, you're ready to cook. Go ahead. All all that's in the four-footed animals and birds. What what kind of birds you, you want? What do you want? Huh? Well, no, Lord, you don't understand. There's some things that are unclean, that are common. I'm not supposed to eat them. They're not kosher for me. Nothing that is unclean, nothing that is common, nothing that is nasty, nothing that is impure, nothing that is polluted. If I preach any better today, there is going to be a supernatural move of God. Now, every word I just used was not an amplification, but the very definition of the original. It's what he said, nothing nasty, nothing polluted, nothing common, nothing unclean has ever touched my lips. Well, he's a good man. But when he ran into Jesus and had that first catch of fish, he said, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Right? So, so now he's, he sees this and he doesn't know what he's seeing. Have you ever started learning something? You don't know what you're learning? Huh? He doesn't know what he's seeing. He said, no, Lord. He's in a trance and he's arguing with God. <laughs> and I've seen people in a trance all over Christendom. sit there just batting their eyes at me like a frog in a hailstorm. It doesn't bother me. I haven't touched anything like that 
common or unclean. Now here's what the Lord says. See, now this is a good, 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 good record here. This is you. There's some stuff coming down. At first century discipleship. At, at FCF. There are Holy Ghost instruments. Bringing things to your life. And you're going, uh-uh, I don't know if, I don't know if we believe it like that in our denomination. But stick around in that trance, in that Holy Ghost training, before you know it, God is going to be using you like you've never imagined. Arise, Peter. Kill and eat, verse 13. But uh, Peter said, far be it, my Lord, or what the kid, be it far from me. Lord, is that what it says? What does it say in verse 14? Not so, Lord. Well, and the Aramaic said what? Far be it. Now he's telling the Lord, oh no, be it far from me. I have never eaten anything which is unclean and defiled. I've never touched defiled. I've never touched unclean. The things that are forbidden, that are called forbidden, I won't touch. And then you, you, could, you could see that applies to every, everything else, but I won't, I, won't, I won't go there. I'll just stay right here. Now we're talking about a Jew, and we're talking about what's kosher and what's not kosher. We're talking about you know, whether or not you, 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 you eat lobster or you don't, whether or not you eat shrimp or you don't, whether or not you eat pork and you don't. We're, we're talking that kind of stuff, right? That's what we're talking about in this case. But that's not the only thing God is talking about. Huh? God's talking to pastor. And he's saying, pastor, you want black people in your church? And Pastor Dodo's in a trance. And, and he says, Not so, Lord. You want Asian people? You, 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 you want multi. You want. You, you, want, you, you want people from every, you, be, you, you believe that all the people of God, you, you believe all the, you believe everyone that is born from above should be invited and be part of this wonderful movement that I have. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Not so. Be it, be it far from me. Will you invite a woman to preach in your church?
and uh, and so uh, so he says he says to him he says uh, I haven't touched anything common or unclean. Am I in verse fourteen? Did you guys pray? Did you believe in your heart that the things you say will come to pass? And so this this thing happened three times. Three times, right? And but but here's the response of God. The response of God to him was uh, what God has cleansed you should not call unclean or the original is stronger do not pollute what I have cleansed in other words the Lord was revealing to Peter that listen I've already declared it clean I've already died to cleanse it I've already supplied you with the word of blessing. I've given you the ability by the washing of the water, by the word. It's already done now. Do not pollute it. Don't don't call yourself impure. Don't call yourself a sinner. Don't call yourself a worm. Don't call people. Are you listening? I've cleansed it. Do not pollute what I have cleansed. Learn to... um, So... Do, do not pollute what I have cleansed. You, you getting that at home? Yes. Are, are, are they getting it at home? Yes. What God has cleansed, you should, you should not call unclean. This happened the third time. And the cloth was lifted up to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? So we see here, God is, is revealing something. In verse 17, the entire verse, um, Peter's on the roof, wondering in himself, what does what the vision um, mean? And, and, um, and while, while he's meditating on what it means, verse 19, while Peter meditated, about the vision. I believe your translation might say, well, while Peter yet thought about these things. Is that what it says? And the Aramaic said, while he meditated, right? About the vision. The Spirit said to him, there's three men now uh, that, that came to seek you. Arise, go down with them. Without doubt in your mind, for I have sent them. The King James said, nothing doubting. Now, now look at me. Look at me. Did Peter not fall into a trance? Did he not see with his eyes a vision? Did he not hear a voice from heaven? And it happened three times? And yet still he would need a command to get up and have nothing doubting. (laughs) Uh, Faith is more than a subject. It's more than a lesson learned. Woo, glory to God. And uh, so he, he came down. He said, uh, uh, you know the, the scenario. He said, what do, what do you want? They said, they said to him, a man called Cornelius, in verse 22, a righteous 
and God-fearing centurion whom all the Jewish people speak well. He was told in a vision by a holy angel to send and bring you to his house um, and to hear words from you. Now I want you to notice the qualifications. Centurion man, God-fearing, you know, he's a, he's a giver, he's a prayer, spoken well of by, by the Jews, by God's people. Here's, a, here's, a, here's the introduction. He sent, sent us an angel, a holy angel, told him to send us to you. And so, and um, Peter went with him, you know, after, you know, whatever. Verse 24. And, and, the, and the next day, he entered in Caesarea, and Cornelius uh, was waiting for him, and all his relatives, and also his dear friends were assembled with him. And, you know, he was going to, he was going to kneel down and, 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 uh, you know, kiss Peter's feet and, you know, worship him, you know, in, in, in a posture of uh, subservience. And uh, Peter didn't allow it. Simon lifted him up, said, I am uh, but a man also. And, and that's in verse 26. After he talked with him, he went in and found a great many people had come there. Do you notice that? How many people? So there's a, there's a meeting waiting to happen. There's a meeting waiting to happen. And Peter walks in and there's a meeting waiting to happen. So he said to them, now you know well that is it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with a stranger who is not of his tribe or with, with a Gentile, right? To go into the house of someone who's a Gentile, right? So it was what? Unlawful. What would, ma- what would it make it? It would make it unclean. What would make it uncommon? It would make it common, right? And so by going into uh, a covenantless people, right? You are violating the law of God and you are being uh, contaminated, right? Yeah. Now, Peter said, now you know that that's, that's, that's how things are, but... God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. This is why I came at once when you sent for me. But now let me ask you for what reason have you sent for me? Isn't that wonderful? I mean, he doesn't even know. He's set up. 
He's not only going to, listen guys, don't, 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 don't just think that we're just going to talk about a visitation. This was an open door that God would open through one person that would never shut. And you and I and all of the people of the world that will celebrate with us from 223 nations, children and aged alike, people from every shade and every color and both genders filled with the Holy Spirit calling on the God of heaven, living by the power of the one that indwells us. We are here because God opened the door and said, hey, I died for everybody and I'm going to build a supernatural end time body of believers that I will use powerfully and mightily in the world today. And there's going to be a powerful thing happening. But again, I, I want to show you how um, the Lord showed this to me. Because this is not just going to happen. Let me, let me say this. Faith is in the promise of God to you. So, in the, faith lives in the promise to you. Then faith lives in you as the promise is in you. Faith lives in the performance of the promise. And then faith lives in the recollection or the testimony of your miracle. You will never have a God event that will stop preaching. You will never have a God performance that will not be relevant for successive generation. It is now, it is tomorrow, and it is forever. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ma, 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 ma. Faith is in the seed. Faith is in the harvest. Faith is in the bread. Faith is in the fellowship. Faith is in the, the um, harvest in the form of a seed for another harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every time someone sells seed, it's a testimony that they had a harvest. When farmers go out to buy seed, they're going to buy seed because somebody had harvest that supplied both bread to the eater and seed to the sower. When God gives you your full breakthrough, it doesn't just happen and go to your past. It stays in your praise and talks to your tomorrow and in your confession and talks to you next year. Hallelujah. Mm. Should I stop? No. All right. Is this good? Yes. Huh. Huh. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, My goodness. Did I underline all that? (laughs) 
And um, for what reason have you sent for me? Cornelius in verse 30 said to him, for four days I've been fasting and at three o'clock in the afternoon while I was praying in my house a man dressed in white garment stood before me and said to me Cornelius your prayer has been heard and your alms are a memorial before God but sent to the city of Joppa and bring Simon who's called Peter behold he's staying or look he's there is his address in the house of Simon the Tanner by the seaside and he will come and talk with you and so at that very time I sent for you and you have done well to come behold we're all here present before you and we wish to hear everything commanded you from God Then Peter opened his mouth. That's the easy part, isn't it? (laughs) And said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Now I want you to uh, underline that word respecter of persons. Look it up in the original Greek and you'll find that one of the definitions is um, he's not um, uh, prejudiced. how many are glad that your idiosyncrasies and your lack of qualifications did not deter God from calling you isn't that right but if you notice here now Peter said now why did you call me And again, the entire thing is rehearsed to him. When it's rehearsed to him, and he understands, you know, not only is this man a a godly man, this guy is fasting, this guy is praying, seeking God, but an angel came to him, directed him to come to me, and, and God gave me a vision and told me what he told me. He goes on to say, I perceive. Now you notice here that this is a very, very significant decision in apostolic doctrine. This is, this is going to go down into our New Testament canon of scripture and forever give the church an understanding of the will of God regarding humanity. This is something that was never before even thought of quite this way. Jesus changed the world. And the change that he has brought to your life is about to shock your world. Yeah, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit here. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. God, God has plans for your house. 
God has plans for your business. He has plans for your church. He has plans for your ministry. God has brought promotion to your house. I perceive, I perceive, I, I perceive that God is not a racist, that God is not prejudiced, that God is, 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 does not disqualify people. He is actually saying, I, I recognize that Jesus had done something and it's revealed to me. God has led me to know. I should not call anyone common or unclean. And then after that, when it's recited to him, he says, I, per- I, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Because it means I'm about to preach to you the same word that I would preach to everybody else. Are you listening to me? That, 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 would, be, um, uh, that would be a Jew and have a covenant with, 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 with Abraham. I'm going to preach to you. Italian, and uh, because God has sent his angel to you. But among all people, those that fear God, that fear him, and work righteousness are accepted with him. Isn't that wonderful? How many believe that everybody should be born again? Now shout it like an army. Amen. God. God is not willing that any should perish. And so, uh, for God sent the word to the children of Israel, preaching peace and tranquility by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. And, um, um, of course, you have a different, that that word tranquility is a little bit, you know, uh, uh, you know, a little, you know, too nyquilly for me. You know, when I, people say tranquil, I just say, have a cup of coffee and attend church. <clears throat> and, 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 and we drink coffee here. We have actually a cappuccino bar right over here. <clears throat> we, 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 uh, we don't have a problem with caffeine. <laughs> now, you know, of course, if, if, if you do, don't drink it. <laughs> but anyway, the point is that word is not one of my favorite in vocabulary. What does it say in your Bible? Okay, I like that word better. That tranquility is kind of pretty stagnant. It's kind of like. <clears throat> it's not meant like that, but you understand. I mean, even the water in, the, in, the, in these glasses right now is not tranquil. <laughs> and you also are familiar with the, with the news. Uh, which was preached throughout Judea and sprang from Galilee after the baptism uh, j- uh, preached by John concerning Jesus of Nazareth, whom uh, God anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, and uh, who 
uh, who is just blessing me right now. <laughs> and, uh, and putting his Holy Ghost all over me so that uh, the, uh, even the words on the page are not tranquil anymore. Uh, and so he tells them how, how the Lord anointed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And we're witnesses of the things uh, he did throughout the land of Judea and Jerusalem um, and uh, how he was killed and all that. So what, verse 44, while Simon Peter spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell or descended on all uh, who heard uh, the word. Amen? The Holy, Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Uh, there is no two different words for spirit and ghost really um, in, in some of the original languages. So it's the same word, but the whole, holy defines the person. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God or God the Spirit. God the Spirit. Spirit of God. And uh, and so he fell on them while Peter is speaking. And they all, because we heard them speak with other tongues as this, as, uh, and, and magnify God. Then Simon Peter said to them, um, uh, Simon Peter said to them, Can any man forbid water that these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have, should not be baptized. I want you to look at me for a minute. How many know who he was talking to? He had with him six witnesses. Peter brought with him six witnesses that were, that were believing uh, brothers, but they were of the circumcision. So he brought them with him. Now, here's a huge crowd. And how many of them get filled with the Holy Ghost? So this is the exact, this is the exact experience of the upper room. Are you listening to me? Granted to the Gentile. Thank you for your enthusiasm. While he's, while he's yet preaching, my God, God, Whoo, glory to God. While he's preaching, while he's preaching, the Holy Ghost falls and said, and, and so he turns around and he tells the guys with him, of course, they're trained in ministry. You can't be around and not be trained in ministry. Can anybody forbid water? He's a smart apostle. Can anybody, I want you to look at this. I want you to catch this. Can, can any man forbid water that these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Should not be baptized? And he commanded them to be baptized. Now I'm going to read a little more. Okay? I'm going to read a little more. 
And, and they urged him, they said, please stay with us a few days. Now, of course, we know he stayed there and he taught. He had to teach. You couldn't, you know, have that kind of pull on you, a bunch of drunk people and uh, people filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to explain to them what they're doing. You got All the relatives, all the friends that had come, great crowd, all that were under the influence of the witness of Cornelius. Isn't that right? Now they're under the, the witness and the power of the Holy Spirit and they're members of the church. They've been baptized into the body of Christ and received into fellowship. And, and so in verse 11 he says, and the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard uh, the Gentiles also had received the word of God. They, they heard that the disciples, the Gentiles had received the word of God. So when Simon and Peter had come um, up to Jerusalem, um, those who uh, held the circumcision, how does it read in your Bible? Okay, I want you to notice, contended with him. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So now here's some kind of like, okay, all right, we, we, show me in the Bible. And saying he had entered into the house. I, I, hit, I want to hit somebody and say, get ready. Yes. Now listen, stretch your hands this way. Say, Lord, Lord help, doc. help Doc. Get me ready for tomorrow. Amen. Because I, I can't get into the detail, but I had to, I had to go here. I want to show you what's happening with you guys, all of the founders, all of the FCD, all of the FCF. I want to show you this. This is Christ doing something in your life that is incredible. And, and they, told, they told him, they said, you've entered to the house of uncircumcised men. That means Gentiles, right? And what? You what? You what? Okay, so it wasn't just going into the house. There's something that happens when you sit down at the table of fellowship. Jesus came to establish a table that is different than any other table. That for the house of the Lord, the Lord has prepared for you a table in the presence of your enemies. And when I sit across the table with you, brothers and sisters, and we break bread together, and we know the Lord of glory is our big brother, and God the Father is our, our heavenly Father, and we know we're born from above and called to change this earth. We don't break common bread, and we don't eat common food. We don't have common fellowship, and we don't have plans to live sick and die young. We have a supernatural and an adequate and a more than enough hallelujah blessing from almighty God hallelujah Dr. Robin can I have four more minutes all right she, she I told her to help me because I, I, I want to I'm gonna preach to you this year more than I ever have in in in, in any other year
But I, I told I told Doctor Robin to help me so I could uh, pace your 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 energy and all that. And so they said to him, and and mine also, right? <laughs> Did you notice how that came out? And uh, you ate with them. So the thing was that the Lord had 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 taught his people how to keep themselves separated from commonality by keeping themselves separated in their household, in their families, but also in fellowship. But now there was an age where sanctification could be received. Salvation could be accepted. And when that happens, change happens. When change happens, it happens. And, 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 and when it happens, amen, how much change is enough? Amen? Yeah, amen? So, and verse 4, And Simon began to recite the facts, one after another, saying, As I was praying in Joppa, I saw a vision. I told you, your miracle will testify. I saw a vision, something like a linen cloth descended from heaven and it was tied at its four corners and it came down to me and as I looked at it, I saw that there were in it four-footed beasts and he goes on and tells them and then in verse 7 said, then I heard a voice saying to me, Simon, arise, kill and eat. And I said, far be it, my Lord, for I've never, never has anything defiled, common, unclean, nasty, or, or, or polluted, has touched my mouth. But again, the voice from heaven said to me, what God has, has cleansed, do not call unclean, or do not pollute what, what God has cleansed. Now I want you to notice he's sharing with people a doctrine. But he's going to share with them a miracle. In the previous verse you hear that word had gotten back to the apostles and the disciples in Jerusalem that, that the Gentiles received the what? The word of God. He's going to share with them something greater than that. He says, the Spirit said to me, go, verse 12, with them doubting nothing. And these six brethren accompanied me. (laughs) He said, and these are the guys that went with me. These are the same guys that I said, who's going to forbid them water to be baptized They accompanied me. I got witnesses. And we entered into the man's house. And he related to us how he had seen an angel in his house. My God. And he tells him the whole thing. And um, told him how the angel told him to go get him. And how the angel, how he sent for him to get him. And he said uh, that 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 uh, that that uh, that he went in, verse twelve, 
And he said, I began to speak. The Holy Spirit came on them as on us in the beginning. Same empowerment. Same apostolic, same disciple. Are you listening to me? Baptism. Somebody shout baptism. Baptism. Say baptism with the Holy Ghost. Verse 16, then I remembered that word of our Lord when he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now therefore, if God has equally given the gifts uh, to the Gentiles who believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, just as he gave to us, who am I that I would dispute God? Or if God had granted what? Read it. Read it. If God has granted the Holy Ghost, read it out loud. Read, read verse 17 out loud. So what he's saying is, is that this evidence, listen, the evidence was the equal, not a substandard baptism, an equal baptism initiated by God to back up the same word that Peter was preaching and supply you and I with the equal participation in the supernatural equipping and empowerment of the Almighty Holy Ghost. Jump up to your feet all over the world and lift up your hands and shout and praise and magnify the God of heaven. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com, and we'll see you next week.